If you could describe radical acceptance and self-care in one word, phrase, or mantra, what would it be? No mud, no lotus. To really understand how like that lotus flower is just so beautiful, but to really accept where it came from, the bottom of a murky pond and mud, and still every morning it will bloom the same, is like, all right, I can do that. I can do that. Welcome, queer kittens, to Quest, a journey to wellness. I'm V, a two-spirit human, joy influencer, energy worker, and dad joe connoisseur. All pronouns accepted. Our mission with this podcast is to help queer folks find radical acceptance through loving themselves and others in their community. You'll hear stories from folks who have taken their happiness and well-being into their own hands by examining what they've found helpful along the way. We hope this podcast brings you joy where you'll learn, laugh, heal, and grow. Welcome back, Queer Kittens, and welcome those new listeners. How are you? Welcome. Love you. Hugging you through your earball. <laughs> if you didn't listen to our last episode, I really wanted to let you know what we're dedicated to is to helping queer folks find radical acceptance and love for themselves and others in this season. We've been doing this now for about a year and we've experienced a lot of different folks saying a lot of the same thing. And they use us as a resource to feel a little bit more connected to community. And we want to continue being a resource. In this wellness renaissance is what we like to call it is what's happening. I think about my folks and being raised and the accessibility that just didn't seem was there for my folks and the folks before them to access wellness, to understand and learn and have the education. And also in, in those times and still in these times, that survival mode, you're trying to make that next dollar. You're trying to, you know, not only feed yourself, but feed a whole family. Technically, it's a lot of us are still in that survival mode, but we have accessibility. We have things to help us cope with whatever it is we're going through. So now we have the tools to be able to invest in ourselves, but also in to community and to take action. We're going to get into this episode with a parent and their kiddo, and it's going to be really incredible to see the accessibility that has come through that is making it easier for us to invest in ourselves and our families and our community and how beautiful it, it's coming full circle now and not full circle because it wasn't there before, <laughs> but that hard information that only a certain amount of folks had the knowledge for is now available to everyone. Now there's entire wellness festivals and this is where we met the guests that we are going to have later on in the episode at Some of Us Festival, which is like a queer wellness festival aimed just for women, non-binary folks, trans folks, gender expansive folks, creating such a safe space to really be vulnerable, to learn, to expand not only yourself, but to be able to 
meet a community that is like you. We went last year and it was a certain size to now going to this next year and it's three times the size. So that accessibility is getting out there and it's getting this wellness renaissance is what we like to call is people are waking up. People are waking up and they're taking the power back into their hands. We're tapping into our power and trusting ourselves and trusting that we can find what it is that we need. And we are what we need. And we're getting to that. And just wanted to take that moment because for us to thrive, we need to not only invest in ourselves, but in our community. And we're not the only ones with all the information, all the resources. We just want to share information from the community because you may not realize it, but you are a resource too. And we have proof. We, we made a collage at some of us fest. The team, we all walked around and asked people about their practices, about some tips. And we really would love for you to hear it. So here it goes. Live at SOU 2023. What's a wellness tip or practice that you would like to share with the community? No matter how you're feeling, no matter what the day is looking like for you, wash your face, put on your flyest outfit, make your bed, do the small, simple things to make sure that that day just gets a little bit better. It's just going to be so much better when you find yourself feeling good, even when it's not looking so good sometimes. I look at my reflection and I remind myself the way that you see yourself is the way that others see you. Let yourself be seen. Body work is great, but body work and therapy together work really well. One tip around wellness that is easily accessible is journaling. Really, really have a space for yourself to be completely authentic, unedited. Your journal can hold that space for you. I like to go hiking, I like to go caving, which I know is not everybody's jam. Going to the park, sitting and meditating, um, and just listening to your body every day, all day long, to see what it's telling you. Do I like this situation? Do I really like this person? Do I feel valued by this person? Just constantly assessing your surroundings to make yourself feel good inside and make sure that the things that you were doing are making yourself feel good inside. The practice of doing uh, one thing at a time, I feel like it's very, very easy to get overwhelmed and like, oh my God, I need to do a million things or I have a million things on my mind, but all we really have control of is what we're doing right now, right? I think it's like part of like being really community oriented. It's just like letting people know where you're at. And that's why I like to like check on my friends that I think are always fine or like the more quiet introverted ones. Just keep feeding the connections that have like fed you in the past. Breathe, just breathe. Breath, like one deep inhale and a releasing exhale. This was just the perfect example of you can be the resource because these are just a bunch of friends of ours and even strangers that we met at some of us fest and decided to ask them these questions and all these little things were just so valuable. And I walked away of definitely like, oh, yeah, uh, breathe. <laughs> like, remember you to be in your breath and 
with dreams over here being like, you know what, just slow down and know everything can be overwhelming. Just do one thing at a time. These are great little reminders. And a lot of times we're out there trying to reach for a guru or a shaman when it could just be your friend right next to you that has some like really good shit that you need to hear that they practice. But it takes having these conversations. These conversations, sometimes they come a lot easier than we all think. And if you like what you heard and you want more, check out our IG. We've got a few snippets of other people's interviews, but we also have full interviews on there of other folks we've talked to. And if you don't know our Instagram, it is Quest Wellness Pod. Again, Quest Wellness Pod. And another highlight for me is that we were able to reconnect with someone we met last year. And her name is Melissa, and she's on the episode called The Giver. It was our 2022 wrap-up. You know, we talked to her about all her mental health struggles that she had prior to us meeting her. We get deep with her. We get real deep with her, and it was really awesome to be able to interview her again because it's like we're reintroducing who she is because a new Melissa arrived at SOU 2023, so it was really Awesome to be able to re-interview her yet again and also meet her kiddo. And how we met Melissa is really kind of beautiful. It was really wild because we were brought to her by a organizer, Yinka, as a staff member of SOU, and was like, hey, you know, this person just feels really alone and we thought that you would be like an awesome group to put her with and just you know hang out and go to workshops together and all that and we were just like yeah come on like let's hang out and realized she was camping right next to us and then fast forward to 2023 we're coming back from getting coffee or something and realized she's setting up right next to our camp yet again and we had no idea on either ends of it and it was just so serendipitous that here we are again camping right next to each other but this time Melissa has their kiddo with them so we got to hear a lot about Melissa's kiddos in her episode to like fast forward and now be able to meet one of these kiddos it was really awesome and I I can't wait for y'all to hear more from both of these two humans My name is Melissa. I'd like to say all pronouns accepted. And let's see, I'm a Pisces. I'm Morgan, they, them, preferred. And then I keep looking over here because my cat's right here. I'm a cat parent of three. Wow. I have one. I don't know how you do three. <laughs> Especially at the, in the middle of the night when all they want to do is play. And observation, I think, is more for Melissa. When we met you, I remember you being like a very timid, like very like kind of observing everything going on around you and not really like getting involved unless like we were like we were kind of forcing you to be involved. (laughs) And I think that like like you started opening up a little bit more, but even your your physical appearance has changed to where 
you know, your shoulders used to be really dropped forward and your head was always down, looking down, like not making eye contact with people and just to now, like you're standing up so much straighter, like you're able to make eye contact and you have like this smile on your face that just like I've never seen before. And, you know, it's just I wanted to kind of ask, like, what was your journey from some of us 2022 to some of us to 2023 that's brought you to this new Melissa? So I think it's like a rebirth, especially for somebody like me coming into the community so much later in life. I think it's something that I've always been open to. I've always been wondering about. I've always been curious about, but just never felt comfortable enough with where I was in life or who I was with to to do that. So after the the first some of us last year, yeah, it just I, I think it just was an open invitation to say, hey, just go for it. Just do it. Kind of like that radical acceptance of yourself. If you have a question or you have a want or or whatever, just go figure it out. And it's okay. It's okay. You know, you can do that. That's what the whole year was about, really, was just learning a lot about myself, apart from, you know, certain personal issues that happen every now and then, and the results of like a divorce that I was part of and all those kinds of things. But just also then understanding and accepting the resilience that can come from a person and accepting that, because sometimes even that in itself is like, oh, well, should I continue? Should I go on? But that in itself is a certain power or radical acceptance to have within yourself to make sure that you can continue with figuring yourself out. And that's what I did this past year. (laughs) What were some things you learned about yourself, if you don't mind me asking? I like the short hair. (laughs) (laughs) I've begun a sleeve of tattoos on my arm. I was a latchkey kid in the 80s, so I grew up on movies and music, and that's just how I speak. I speak in, like, quotes and lyrics from movies and music, (laughs) so I really feel that, like, my strength, I get that strength from a lot of the characters that I admire from my favorite movies, and so that was something that I felt was really important to do because I really never, I didn't have tattoos before this past year, (laughs) you know? And so just to do that is a constant reminder that these characters that I love so much and the strength and the things that they dealt with in their stories, I resonate with that. And so to to see that and to have that on me and part of me, I think is, is something that has, you know, helped me continue that strength through the year. So that's definitely new. (laughs) And the physical change part is definitely new with that. And again, I never used to wear lipstick. And I'm like, I can do this. I don't need to be like femme or mask or anything. I can do whatever I want every day. (laughs) That is absolutely right. Amen. (laughs) Ashe, all the things. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I'm going to get a little deep on you and, and ask you, what are some things that you've noticed that you have room to improve or like room to like grow on? So from this past year, I think it's really putting myself first. I know people will say that in any kind of wellness journey that they're on. Oh, I'm here for me. I'm here for this and da, da, da. But 
unless you actually act on that, those are just empty words. I feel like I've been saying that a lot this past year, but haven't really been doing it. So then I would get stuck on certain hiccups in life, right? Of like not really letting something go from the past. Yeah, no, I I totally get it. That's literally my current struggle right now of the taking care of myself and not just saying it, but acting on it. Yeah. Because words yeah. are words and actions, you know, hold a lot heavier than your words. So heck yeah. Thank you. It was like what you just said was so in alignment to my life right now. <laughs> it was a beautiful reminder and a beautiful like affirmation. So I appreciate that. And we're both we're both growing in that in that sector. It's definitely a daily struggle, a daily thing that you have to go through to make sure that you remember those little things or the small things. And that can be the toughest thing also throughout the day. Yeah. And, and someone told me, they said, write a list, write a list of, of things that you love to do that are for yourself that aren't necessarily in pleasing other people that just actually like bring you joy, whether they're big, whether they're small, write that list and do one of those things every single day. And I was like, sure. okay, okay, I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and like I was saying, like with my movies and music, right? So it's just anytime I need to, I'll just put on a certain jam or even like my kids can tell you how I'll watch, you know, anything from John Wick to V for Vendetta five times a day if I want to, <laughs> you know, and I never get tired of it. Solid. I don't. <laughs> Solid flicks. <laughs> Yeah, that was like uh, we saw the Mutz Cuts vehicle from Dumb and Dumber, and we uh-huh. <laughs> I got so excited, and I recorded it and was just like, what's the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> like, some people got that. it and some people did, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> Seeing you getting closer to your more authentic self, has your relationship changed with your kiddos? I don't know if it's necessarily changed because I feel like I've been the one that's been amiss with my authentic self. Whereas my kids, I feel very fortunate that maybe I've tried to raise them to always be their authentic self or try to be their authentic self. So with me being the one that was out of alignment there, I feel like no, the relationship hasn't changed. I feel like I've always been loved and supported by the kids. I feel like my kids have have always been able to talk to me about certain things and I've encouraged them to talk to me and about things. I think if anything, it's just been more of a huge help in my own acceptance to know that my kids are fine with the kind of journey that I'm going on. You know, that it's not confusing or hurtful or anything like that, that they are like my biggest cheerleaders in everything that I'm doing. So to think of it like that, no, I don't think my relationship has necessarily changed. And I'm thankful for that because now I see that's such a like a blessing that maybe I didn't realize at the time, but no, it hasn't. I mean, if anything, it's just gotten more intimate or deeper. That's beautiful. Like, I kind of want to pull in Morgan on this one and ask you your viewpoint on on seeing your your mother from last year and the years prior to who she's blossomed into now. 
I've always seen it in my mom. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily like, oh, I've always known she's queer. But like, I've always seen this like part of her that hasn't felt she could fully come out or she could not be herself and fully like just release and feel safe and feel safe to be her. And I've always seen that growing up. I could probably pinpoint and and say like, yeah, I don't think in this situation or in this case, but in reference or in (laughs) pertaining to like these past couple years, it's been really, I mean, inspiring, but my mom's always been inspiring. (laughs) It's been refreshing to see my mom and to see someone of her age also like know that this isn't just for the kids. I can find myself too. I can go on this journey too and take care of myself. Also, this past year, seeing her know that it's okay to just focus on herself and like know that, you know, we're grown. <laughs> we, you know, we can take care of ourselves and we're okay. And we're okay, like she said, with, with her. Of course, we're okay with it, you know, like we're encouraging any journey that you want to go on. It has made our relationship more safe. I agree. I don't think it's changed much because we've always been close. We've always talked. We've always shared everything, really. And I think that goes for any of the kids. <laughs> like, I could speak for my brother and sister in saying that. But since my mom and I have, like, such a close a close age gap, it's always been Nice, really a good relationship, I'd say. I mean, it's had its rough moments, but like, like every um, every parent, every parent and child, (laughs) yeah. But I think in going on our queer journeys, because both of us are new, are fairly new gays, I'd say, (laughs) (laughs) and being able to go on it together has, I think, something that I've learned to not take for granted. Because at first I didn't see it, but. Now I know not to take it for granted. Well, now that you're mentioning that, now I'm curious about your own personal queer journey or wellness journey. I kind of want to know a little bit more about that, about you. Like my whole life, I presented very straight and very feminine. Maybe in middle school, I started to like, maybe a little bit earlier, I went to a charter school, so I only had maybe 26 kids in my class. That was around the time where, like, jerking, you're a jerk. Oh, yeah. You're a jerk. Like, all that in dance circles really became, like, a thing. So all the guys are doing it, and I really wanted to be a part of it and everything. So I started dressing like that, and I made my aunt go buy me, like, the shoes that they would all wear and stuff. <laughs> and I think maybe because it was a smaller school, I wasn't really afraid of, like, getting bullied or anything but once I got into high school at least as far as I could remember mom you could say something different but I feel like I I like ultra feminized myself and I I didn't really get into like drugs or anything until after high school so I dealt with all my trauma and stuff with sex so I saw myself as like a sexual object really in that that was my first experience with like my sexuality, just seeing like, I'm just to be used really like, oh, how can I make this boy like me? How can I do that? And 
that was my first experience. <laughs> and all my friends were doing that and everything. And I was in Bend and Color Guard. So all those kids were crazy. <laughs> and, uh, I think after high school, I really like, it was like questioning all of that. And like, why am I doing this? I went to therapy <laughs> and I was really just looking inside. My gender identity didn't come, me exploring that didn't come until like, maybe two years ago, really like accepting that, like, I really accepting like how I felt inside that, like, I don't feel like a woman. I don't feel like a man. <laughs> I don't ever want to be perceived as a cis man. Um, that scares me. But I also don't necessarily want to have double D boobs. Like, I'm right there with you. you. Know? I love them. <laughs> I love them on other people, like, you know, yeah. but not for me. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. So it's been a journey really accepting that. <laughs> now I can laugh about it, you know, but like at first it kind of scared me. Like I, I studied like feminist theory a lot. So I was like, you know, what does it mean now to not be a woman, to not see myself as a woman? And then even my mom and I had, it took time to get to where we are. I don't think my mom fully accepted it at first. My family didn't fully accept any like that at first. And I know she felt like she was losing a daughter. And I know that's the common experience. So we had to like go through that together. It is a lot, but there's, there's, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. There is joy to be had. Yeah, it's it's not easy navigating through trying to fit into gender stereotypes. Even though it seemed like your your mom wasn't or your parents weren't very supportive at first, it seemed like they still kind of gave you like space to be yourself. Like there no way in hell would my parents let me go to school dressing like those boys in the jerk circle. Like I had to go to school all with like cute and femme and then go to the bus stop and change into these clothes <laughs> and the way I got those clothes it's like from an aunt or like from my bio mom when I would go and see her you know like my parents who raised me had no idea I had these clothes and showing up to school I felt more confident rather than being in the in the feminine clothes but I totally get that I don't want to be seen like I'm a cis man as mom, right? I think now knowing in retrospect that I have this journey to be going on my own self, had I been, I think, in any kind of relationship where I felt safe enough or confident and supported by a partner to support kids during those times of questioning or whatever, I think it would have been fine. Morgan probably knows as well, as much as it may have seemed where I wasn't accepting or anything, I think it was more so just being part of a relationship that just kept me captive for a while from being my own self and being able to share my own beliefs. Because all of that only kind of came out towards the end of my marriage me kind of stating my certain beliefs and things, which, you know, would of course result in arguments and whatever. But that just happened later, you know? So as the kids were growing up, I feel like I supported them as much as I could, but still in a really restricted kind of household. 
And I'm glad you broke through that because this relationship y'all have is so beautiful to witness. And I, I would catch myself at some of us fest 2023, looking over at the two of you, just like existing in your existence. And I would like be like, oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> it was so. funny too, because we talked the whole entire way home after the some of us fest, everybody we met, everybody first thought we were a couple <laughs> oh. you know, until we said oh no this is this is my mom or <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> oh shoot <laughs> and it's not i mean like i don't i don't care because i mean hello we're two good looking people but hey that's um, right <laughs> but it was neat to also just be there and i think to also get support really from other people saying hey that's kind of cool you guys came together you know we had our own tents, you know, there's boundaries, <laughs> but community is community, right? So no matter who you are. A hundred percent. Woo. I love that. What lessons have you learned with your new relationship with your mom in the new age of life? I know you said that it's kind of, it's been the same because your mom's always been really supportive and like there for you and talking with you. But like now knowing like, yo, I got a queer parent. Like, has that changed any, like, experience for you? Okay, before I would I would worry about, like, oh, what is she going to think about this? Or what is she, you know, if I listen to this type of music? Or, like, <laughs> okay, if I, I don't know, I, I would worry about these things or overthink them. But now, like, I now know, especially because of my little brother, like she doesn't care what type of music we listen to. I wouldn't play anything that had any had swear words. I would only play like folk music, that type of stuff. <laughs> but in saying that, like I just feel more comfortable being my authentic self. We both are, but like neurodivergent, and so I do have like little <laughs> quirky things, and and I I think I would try to like suppress some of those, but. Now I don't like second guess myself really. And I know like we've, we've also talked a lot about like, I think growing up there was maybe like a lot of conditional, <laughs> conditional love with some things. And I had to learn that my mom though has unconditional love in like my family. And so I shouldn't be afraid in just saying my mind really. Like I used to be afraid and in, in standing up for myself or saying like, no, I don't actually agree with that. And now I know that we can have a conversation about things instead of like me being afraid to have a voice. That's a huge thing, especially being in the kiddo role of like the parent to the kiddos. Cause I know definitely like, I feel the same way sometimes that I'm afraid to talk to my folks or say certain things. So like having that, like that fear diminish and having that, like that courage and not, not, not courage, but that like that trust, knowing that you can approach your parent and have a conversation about something and like that trust and safety, like that's huge. I feel like that's something that we're still kind of learning, even generationally, because my parents, even though they are a little more old school, maybe traditional or whatever, especially my dad, more than my mom, maybe, but at the end of the day, they still just love you no matter what. And even though sometimes it feels like however your own perception is of that love, that's your own issue. My parents still are saying, 
no, we love you. You're our daughter. We're going to support you no matter what. And so just also learning that for myself, but then also helping my kids understand that as well. So that way they can start to be their authentic self, even around my parents, because it's also a learning. It's a journey for them as well, right? Like they haven't grown up to understand all these different things that we're going through, right? Or to have to understand it or even seen it firsthand, let alone. So now that there's myself and then there's Morgan, my daughter, Sophia, is straight and very femme and and all that. But then my son is very queer and (laughs) it takes him, like he's himself with us, but I want to encourage him, look, your grandparents, now that I know, love you and support you, you need to be authentic with them as well. Like it's only fair because they do love you and support you and they need to learn to love and support that authentic person. So it's, it's kind of a learning journey, I think, for all aspects of the family at this point for us anyways. Wow. I love that. I, I'm going to walk away from this having a lot of things to think about. <laughs> If either of you could kind of make a, have a message, what would you want a listener to take away from this experience with y'all and what you've been through either together or separately? I think for me personally, just because of where my journey has taken me, I really just want, I would hope that people above all would really listen to their beliefs and be who they are, regardless of who is around them or who is trying to mold them into a certain person or a certain role. Confidence and trust really starts from within. And I didn't have a lot of that from the beginning. So I feel that that's kind of what kept me in that. That's called compet, right? The compulsory compulsive heterosexual relationships. And it's like, why? Why? When I know I had these beliefs, but I just kept stifling them. I kept pushing them down. And so if anything, I just want people to really stay true to themselves and just really believe in who they are, no matter what. Yeah. So like get out of the box of the American dream and create your own dream as queer people but even you know whoever like life and and relationship is what you make it and i've had to learn that like exactly what you were saying like compet but even like friendships and relationship with my mom and my grandparents like it doesn't have to fit in any mold that i was socialized to believe it has to look like you know like i I can have a relationship with my mom that (laughs) doesn't look like everyone else's. I think like, you know, it's a learning, a learning process. I've always found that in just like my queer identity that like, you know what? And that's why I really embrace the word queer because it's whatever I want it to be. It's whatever I make it. And I've gone through the journeys of being bi and pan and now gender fluid. And so I just love that it's whatever we as a community 
want it to be. And there's always love and acceptance if you seek it out and if you are your authentic self. I love that. Thank you. And if you could describe radical acceptance and self-care in one word, phrase, or mantra, what would it be? To me, I was just thinking breath or just breathe because that's even if it's, you know, super cliche, but it's like always the thing that helps me just ground myself. I always have to practice radical acceptance, like when I'm driving. So I, cause I have really bad road rage. And so I just have to be like, no, it's okay. Breathe. So like that, <laughs> but even, you know, in other aspects, but like, it's like, just breathe. We'll get through this. <laughs> so <laughs> I yeah. love that. I was actually going to say like a phrase, which is probably pretty cliche, but just when you start to really understand what it means and, and the actual science of it, no mud, no lotus. Wow. I think really helps me understand radical acceptance. And it's just like, okay, it's raining. Yeah, it's raining. <laughs> Things are wet. It's what happens. And to really understand how like that lotus flower is just so beautiful, but to really accept where it came from, you know, the bottom of a murky pond and mud and still every morning it will bloom the same is like, all right, I can do that. I can do that. So no mud, no lotus is probably one of my favorite sayings as well. Yeah, you just blew my mind with that. That was incredible. I really love that. I wanted to thank you both for coming on. Like, it was really incredible to have both of you and hearing your insights and hearing the vulnerability of it all. And also, you both have, like, really beautiful minds. And it was really incredible to dig in a little bit deeper. Thank you. Well, we wouldn't. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, we wouldn't be here if um, I didn't meet all y'all so (laughs) last year and and create the friendships that we have so thank you and um you know it all starts from full circle yeah exactly full Full circle circle. absolutely (laughs) yeah and i'm telling you i can't wait for my son to come to some of us but he's only what 15 still (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's got he's got a bit (laughs) if we can do any special arrangements i mean seriously oh he would love it (laughs) Some of us junior. Right. (laughs) Do you have any plugs you want to do, like share your social or share some resources that have helped you in your journey? I know for me, the past year, I've been listening a lot to um, Dr. Gabor Mate, a lot about the inner, inner work at the beginning of my journey, I was listening a lot to um, Dr. Romani, who helped me a lot deal with my ex-husband and narcissism. And that helped me uh, quite a bit. There's a few books that I think I have on my shelf over here that I I worked through the past year or so. Not to mention the book, No Mud, No Lotus. (laughs) It's a book? It is. um, I'm not going to get his name right. It's He's the Tick Tick Nuck. Oh, I'm not going to get it right. I'll the, have to send it to you. The Buddhist. I think it's pronounced Tik Nan Han. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's like three yeah. names. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I know who exactly <laughs> you're talking about. Yeah. I did read one book, and I don't know. I read it long a while ago, but called Healing the Shame That Binds You. Mm. So that one was, it was recommended to me by like a doctor, but it really helped me like 
the same and how a lot of like my decisions and stuff were like stemmed from that feeling of shame. So that that's a pretty good book. What an amazing time we have in this moment now, in this wellness renaissance. We all just want to be well. We want community to be well, but you know what? It takes a village. You know, we're all victims of a lot of different things and we need to take action and ask for help sometimes. Like Melissa asking an SOU staff member to help her feel a little less alone. And now we've created this bond, this connection, this family. So don't be afraid, y'all. Let's build this village. Let's make it happen. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next episode, Queer Kittens. Love you so much. We have so much more to explore and share with you on the pod. Tap that follow or subscribe button to get every episode as soon as it's released. And give us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And join our wellness community on Instagram at Quest Wellness Pod. This podcast was produced in collaboration by Kinoko Chocolates and Puka Puka Creative. Executive producer, Stevie Kwa. Producer, editor, and sound designer, Leah Jackson. Associate producer, Rafaela Landestoy. Original music produced by Basque. His music is amazing. And we can't forget the emotional support by our fur babies, Frankie, Nugget, and Pukalani. Why did the clam blush? Because it was muddy. Because he saw the ocean's bottom. (laughs) (laughs) That's a knee slapper. It's so bad. It's good. That made my list. So good. And bad. (laughs)